Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right, you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts. And also, we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon. A Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt, hoodie, and a whole lot more. You can get all of them right now, sent to you nice, comfy, and cozy at tinyurl.com slash a7flmerch. And also, you can find it in the show notes. Now back to that podcast you like. Welcome to the self-proclaimed second best podcast of the A7FL. This is the other side of the ball. I am the host of the show, Casey Cox. Alongside me, my two co-hosts, Double D, Derek Duncan, the division owner of Nevada, and the commissioner, Chris Vera. And with that, Derek Duncan, I will let you introduce our two fine gentlemen we have as guests tonight. Well, thank you, Casey. Uh, hope you're doing good, man. Uh, on the podcast tonight, we have the fifty. We have Coach Ray Jones giving directions to people because he didn't mute himself, <laughs> and the star of the uh, Hunters from last week's game, Mister Kwame Southall. Did I say that right, Kwame? Yes, sir. How's everybody doing? Not as good as you, brother. How, how are you? I'm okay. Just okay, huh? Even after that performance, just okay, huh? Yeah, it's still, still not enough. We still got a lot of work to put in. That's what's up. Well, welcome to the podcast and welcome to the A7FL Nevada, or A7FL in general. Uh, I'm super happy to have you on the podcast specifically because your energy that you bring just in a regular conversation on a day-to-day basis seems like you're shot out of a cannon just to have a conversation. And then watching you get busy on the field, shot out of a cannon every single time you touch the ball, I am curious where all that energy comes from. Well, man, it's just I, uh, just just love to do it, man. I just try to stay positive, you know. I've had a lot of tragedies happen in my life, so I've been a lot on the downside of stuff. So just trying to just stay positive and keep my energy up and just, you know, I don't know. I just try to just be the best person I could be. Well, it, uh, from my perspective, it's working, brother. So keep up the good work. So, uh, and our other guest tonight is someone we've had on the podcast before, uh, but he had a bunch of other people stealing his shine for a minute. And now that he is one of, I guess, three undefeated coaches in the A7FL fall season, he's here to talk again and sh- tell everybody what's up. Coach of the Hunters, Mr. Ray Jones the Third. Hey, how's it going, Derek? How you doing? And uh, like I, the world's crumbling around me, but football is amazing. So I'm very happy to be footballing with you gentlemen tonight. All right. I appreciate it. I, I can feel your pain. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like I say, football is, 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 is our love, is our getaway. So with that, you know, I love this game. I got a passion for this game. And it's just so much fun. Now that I got the opportunity to get out there and see what it's like, oh, I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> I'm not going nowhere. Right, right. Well, that's really good to hear. I I, I had uh, overheard your good friend, I say tongue-in-cheek, Coach mm-hmm. Bartley, talking to his players as he was reading them the riot act at the end mm-hmm. of the Jamboree, saying, guys, mm-hmm. you – and he was a little more spirited than, than what I'm putting out there right now. But he's like, yeah. guys, 
you need to realize that what you're stepping onto this field you're stepping onto is the best football that's being played in Las Vegas outside of the NFL right now. So you better grab this opportunity if you're really about your football and seize the day and stop making stupid mistakes and all the jaw jacking because you're going to ruin your shot. And well, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's, it's the game is not supposed to be played that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, everybody gets an attitude, but the attitude shouldn't go from that to let's go out to the parking lot. It should go from that to, okay, I'm going to make you fumble. Okay, I'm going to catch this touchdown. Some of that nature. Right. I'm going to show you, you know, I'm going to show you what's up on the field. Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, it's not about what you can show me in the parking lot. If you can't do it on the field, I don't care. Right. I mean, exactly. It comes down to what, Derek, what you and I have talked about in the past, and that was let your play do your talking. You don't need That's to talk right. on the field. If people respect you for what your play is, you can let your play do your talking. They can jaw jack and you can say, okay, I'm going to go catch, catch this touchdown on you and then come back and talk to you. And, and then hand them the ball when you're done, like we used to do, Chris. <laughs> and I've done that on more than one occasion. Here you go, youngster. Here's your ball. Yep. <laughs> if you want Daddy to sign it later, just let me know. All right. Since you couldn't get it out of the air, I'm gonna hand it to you. Well, that's 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 the thing that we gotta. I mean, I'm trying to teach my guys is that we can talk on the field. I know I don't have the greatest team. I know I don't have a season team. But I got a team that's full of lions that got heart and they hungry. And with the name that we got, the hunters, that's just perfect for what we what we want to do. Kwame K Uno, that's my guy. He came in, he's he's doing his thing. I appreciate everything that he does. He knows that he's got to get some things under control as he's out there. But I know his passion for the game and for the team and for the league is just outstanding. It's amazing. So, so I mean, we're going to have Rashad come back. We're going to see how Rashad, you know, does and fits in. But Rashad has to fit into the system because the system is working for these guys. And I can't take the system from, you know, 14 guys that's working to one guy. It doesn't work that way. I've yes. never done it that way. I'll never do it that way. But like I say, K-Uno – between Kate Uno and Darren running the offense right now, I'm really confident. I'm comfortable. And you, that's a perfect segue because wow. what yes. I did want to ask you about was the difference in what you experienced from the, you joining the league, getting your squad, having Rashad and a few of the insomniacs that left when Rashad was cut show up, what that core looked like to start and how you've morphed into something else for Jamboree and then morphed into something else for week one. I'd like both to get both your guys' opinions on that. I want to start with you, Coach, because you've been there the whole time. Kwame's new to the Hunters. Obviously, since there's been a Hunters, there's been Coach Ray Jones. Um, during the Jamboree, we learned. We learned. I was learning how the play style goes, how fast it goes, you know, what the positions were, where they're synced at. But I also didn't have a squad that knew me, knew my plays, uh, know how I run anything. And then with the gold coming over, and we were not the – it wasn't the golden edge. It should have been the golden hunters, <laughs> just so you right. guys know. Right. It was a good squad that we put together. They all were hungry. That's what it was, is that they were hungry and they wanted to play. So after I seen the type of players that I had, I went home, went to the cookbook, 
and put some plays together that is curved to these guys because the plays need to go designed for these guys and their skills. The skills that they have is all over the board. I got fast guys. I've got feet guys. I've got, you know, guys that can cut. I've got guys that are strong. So each play is develop is developing for them. But at the same time, I still have to learn my guys. Um, it's not an easy process because of how fast it's going. But at the same time, it's so enjoyable just knowing these guys and getting to learn them learning the plays and letting them know I'm going to be there for you guys. I'm not looking for the big win. I'm just looking for us to get crisp. If we can get crisp, we'll be good. And, so, and that put you in a unique spot. So before I follow up your question, I want to get uh, Kwame's uh, opinion on this as well. So Kwame, you came in to the league as a free agent. Got how did you how did you hook up with the hunters? Did I put you there, or did you find them on your own? I can't. I know you and I've been talking. Um, uh, originally, uh, the goal was Coach Mike team, and uh, my dad had played semi pro for Coach Mike when I was younger. Okay. Um, and uh, he ended up giving a team to Jeremiah. So I was originally going to play with Coach Mike because it was just something I always wanted to do when I was a kid. I used to be like 13 and 12 watching my dad play semi-pro for Coach Mike when he had the Patriots and all those teams. So he gave the team to Jeremiah. And uh, we had went to the Jamboree, and Jeremiah was super late. So uh, we just clicked up with the Hunters. And from that point, I felt like as a whole – both of us, both teams, we should have combined it. But, you know, it wasn't my decision to make that decision. But I just felt like I wanted to go play for an organization that was organized and would best fit me. And then I came with my brothers as well. So uh, Davion Samuels and uh, Ty Harris, those are my brothers. So we just decided that we wanted to play for an organization that was going to be it was going to be serious. We didn't want to just go out there and just play games. You know, we really wanted to get work and practice and just be as organized as we could be. So we thought that the Hunters were the best fit for us. Okay, so so you originally showed up anticipating to be a member of the gold, but after Jamboree, you decided the Hunters was a better spot for you and then went and practiced with them, and that's your squad now. Correct. And then and through that attrition of the week and showing up, you become the starting quarterback. Tell me about that. Well, originally uh, I, I, had, I didn't make it to uh, practice at first, so I really necessarily wasn't the starting quarterback, and that's really what I like about Coach. Like, you know, he not uh, do no favoritism. Even though I, I might have been better than the, the next guy, uh, he just, you know, he make you work for it. Like, you don't get to just come and start on his team, and that's the type of atmosphere that we want to play for. Like, uh, just I would hope anybody would want to play for that. Like, a coach that really wants to coach and lead his team, and it, and then once he just gave me a shot, I was just – I ran off with it. So, Coach, you, you're hearing all these good words. So, foundationally, you're building something that people want to play for, and I appreciate that because that's who we want to be as a league. Obviously, there's some merits for the dudes that just have crazy talent. You just let show up and do whatever they want to do. But when you do that, you lose some of your foundational guys and some of the guys that are just as talented that do put in the work. So – I, I, I like hearing what I'm hearing about the team construction. So that's, that's pretty cool. Well, I'm just trying to make a pro atmosphere. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, this is a, it's a league. This is a pro league. You have to make it a pro atmosphere. You got to make people accountable for being on that field. It's not always free. If somebody's showing up after they go to work and they're coming to spend an hour, an hour and a half to come to practice and you don't even come at all and you want to show up, no, it don't, I don't work like that. I don't work like that because now you are not benefiting the team. You don't even know to play. 
Just because you have a wristband doesn't mean you know to play. There's all my plays are disguised. There's schemes in it. There's this in it. You're not here to know about it. So what am I supposed to do? Just play you because you're that talented? No, you're not that talented because you're not here. I just believe that fair is fair. I'm fair. I'm honest. And I'm dedicated to the players, the game, to the skill. And that's just how I am. I just want to bring that atmosphere because that's what this deserves. Yeah, that's so what you deserve. I'll drop a cliche for you real quick. The best ability is availability, right? So being available to be able to be coached up, to have practice, to know the plays, to insert someone into the position and know that they're not going to be out of position so that they're in the right spot Correct. when the ball comes, that is so valuable. You know, we, we, it's very valuable. You know, Chris and I have conversations with multiple players because I tell a story about a mutual friend of ours who, when Chris and I had the best team in our league, these old dudes showed up like eight to 10 years older than all of us and worked us on, on like game one after we were coming off of a after we we're coming off of a championship. So game one, we're coming in with all this swagger, knowing we're the best team in the league. And these old dudes ran us off the field mm. and, and they wait, ran wait. us off the field. Another part of that that you're missing that I, I was thinking about the other day, because I was thinking about the exact same, uh, same time. And it still kills me because if you remember, they showed up with only six players. Right. And, and they were even short six. people. Yeah. And, and, and ran us off the field. Six players. Yeah. With, with timing routes that we mm-hmm. literally could not defend because we mm-hmm. hadn't practiced. We hadn't worked out our defense. We were so mm-hmm. used to me and Jason at defensive end just blowing offensive linemen out the ball and not giving the quarterback a second to throw the ball. He only needed three quarters of a second. It did not matter. This, they were tearing <laughs> us apart, dude. It was awful. Oh, but, wow. But, but having that camaraderie, having that practice, and having people in the right position doing the right thing, I, mean, the, I guess the best example of that, I don't know if you guys saw, uh, it was a hard knocks in season where they piecemealed yeah. a line together from a, yeah. from a dude that they called up that was on the practice squad mm-hmm. and literally shut out Aaron Donald. Obviously the best player in the NFL for an entire game from two dudes that just learned how to work together the right way and having the right coaching and executing and and doing exactly what their coach told them. Yes. They, they won every battle. And that's all it takes show up and execute. I mean, like I say, I don't want perfect. There's never going to be perfect, but there's always going to be crisp. We can always run a crisp play. You can always run a crisp block. You can always run a crisp pattern. It's not always going to be pretty, but it could be crisp. And that's all that, I got a I got a question for both you and Kwame because that kind of takes me down to a line that um, I was I, I've been paying attention to the way teams have been playing offense, the way teams have been playing defense, and realistically, because of the seven on seven and the way it's set up, you truly have to have to sit in man. It's very hard to sit in a uh, in anything but um, man defense if you know what you're doing. So with that being said, what I would like to ask both you and Kwame is, is when you see these things, and you, you and I kind of hit on it a little bit, um, sitting on the sidelines, you can see where there's holes in everyone's defense. I don't care who you are. Everybody's got a hole. So my question to you guys is how quickly do you think you can get your receivers to learn those holes and sit down in those holes? Because I saw 
you know, talking to you, talking to one of the other coaches, we talked about um, routes and combo routes that were going to get people wide open. And that touchdown you guys had was a wide open look. So my curiosity is when you see those things, you know, how do you coach your players up to make sure that they, they're looking at the same thing you are? Uh, for me, it's – you go ahead, go ahead, Kwame. Go ahead, Kwame. Uh, for me, uh, I feel like uh, it all starts in um, just, you know, getting a defense to bite on something. Like in the beginning of the game, like uh, I kind of did target my brother a lot, uh, number five. Uh, his name is his nickname Booby, but his name Davion Samuels. But I target him a lot in the in the beginning of the game. So they kind of like keyed in on him, you know. So it brought the safety from being in the mid to the more to the right of the field, bringing him more into the middle of the field where my uh, brother was playing tight end, and it just opened up uh, the one on one. And then once we got the one on one, we just we 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 felt like our receiver could beat the corner and. We just took the chance and it worked for us. That's a lot of great scheme that I hear you guys are pulling together and, and watching keys. So that type of activity will take you far. And you guys have the athleticism to compete with anybody else in this league. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the pit bosses and a lot of talk from me about the pit bosses because, you know, ultimately having a team come back with a coach that has experience coaching in this league already as one of the greatest coaches in arena history already knowing that that's the pedigree, knowing they've got the experience, and then looking at their roster, it's hard to imagine a, a team beating them this fall. Uh, coach, what? That's what I say. That's what I say. <laughs> coach, we coming. We, we coming. Right. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter. They're a good squad. They're, I'm just saying, watch, watch your road rage, though. I heard that. No, that, that, was, that was me. Somebody else. Oh, okay. That was somebody else. No, that's not me. I, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're a good squad. I mean, they're a seasoned squad. They've got a lot of good talent, you know, but there's a difference between us and them. We don't sure. have a target on our back. You're looking at us. You getting trying to come at us and talk to us and get in our head. We're not worried about getting in your head. All we're trying to do is play the game. So – they feel kind of threatened. They feel they see somebody else that's talented out there that didn't have a whole lot of uh, uh, players. That's a threat. I love it. I like being the underdog. All I want to do is be competitive against Barley and against the, anybody else that comes against us. That's it. Be competitive. And well, the pedigrees that these coaches have and, and what I've seen, that's awesome. But I'm here not to lose i don't want to lose i love winning i love winning i love winning i love winning so that's the <laughs> challenge that's the challenge and i challenge my guys it's not about what you want to do it's about what we got to do not what you want to do what we gotta do as a team if we do it as a team here comes the w's if we do it as individuals, here comes the L's. Right. I, you cannot say that any better. Casey, do you have something? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, um, you know, going from Jamboree to week one, Coach, I saw in, in the Jamboree, after Jamboree, I went, man, these guys look like they've got a lot of work they need to put in. You know, I'm not quite sure really about this team. And then week one, you guys came together. And whether this was a change that happened because he was out of town or because whether this was a change that was going to happen regardless, 
it felt like, at least to me, being up in the booth and watching it, the change in quarterback made a big difference in the way the team played and the way the team came together. Well, in the Jamboree, nobody knew this. Rashad and L.A., the tall, light-skinned uh, tall receiver, both of them were dog sick. Both of them had been throwing up before they came to the game. Rashad already had a, a index finger that was messed up, so he wasn't really 100%, but I put him in anyway because he wanted to play. That's why he sat out, and he didn't play the rest of the jamboree. That's when I also started focusing in on K-1, uh, Booby, um, Seb, and Zelly. Those guys were out there playing phenomenal. And um, what, not, not Martell. What is his name? The one that got hurt. Um, Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, Montreal. And, and Zelly got his last game, right? Yeah. And <laughs> those are the guys I started focusing in on. That's how we ended up doing what we did in the Jamboree because they bought into what I was saying. And with that, they just did. They just continued. They just continued. So I, I do want to talk about last week, though. So I, I, you faced what who I have had on my eye on as the preseason MVP, and he put on a show yet again with uh, Savion Cunningham, the returner for OTT. Mm-hmm. He, he can be stopped. Uh, he, he, obviously, he can be stopped because if he if he couldn't, if he, if he couldn't, you guys would have lost that game, right? Sure. So he can be stopped. So what was the difference for for you guys? What allowed you to keep him in check? What did you were there keys that you saw, or did you try to keep that to yourself? That 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 one kind of like I don't know. That one wasn't really a hard way to just. It was I don't know how the pitfalls even let that happen. Uh, It was just really more about just everybody just staying in the lane, like just not letting him. We know he's fast and he wanted to go to the outside, so just wanted to contain him like that's why like if you watch the video like i had let uh both of the other guys go ahead just in case he beat them that i'll i'll have the last defense and i'm pretty i'm fast enough to to catch him on the angle he might beat me on like a straightaway run but just by them even altering him from just being able to just take off it just it, it was nowhere for him to go so it was really just more about containing them and we just did a great job of containing them i feel like as a team like it wasn't one person out there that just went out there and stopped him on his own. Uh, my trail did a great job to, uh, containing him on his side, and Boo did a great job containing him on the other side. And once we figured that out the first time, we just kept uh, doing it over and over. And then, don't work. And then the play to seal the deal at the end of the game. I'm not sure who your corner was. It might have even been your safety, who went up 50-50 ball with Savion, and he actually came down with the ball. Who was that? That was uh, D. Dot. Um, oh, Ty. That's my little brother, Ty Harris. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on him because I know Savion can basically jump out the gym. That dude is a freak athlete, and yep. to see to see another man go up and high point the ball over him w- was special to say the least. So I, I will that's definitely be. Savion, man. Shout out to Savion. Yeah. So. Kwame's on the show tonight. I'm going to say it for him because he is wants to put everybody on notice that he is in the MVP discussion now. 
the the fact that he did not get nominated for the uh, uh, Jamboree MVP, he felt was a bit of a, I won't say disrespect because that's not the way he gets down. It was disappointing. It was disappointing because he felt like he showed out. So his words with me was like, you're going to remember my name next week. I said, okay. <laughs> and obviously he was right because guess who's on the podcast this week? That's right. <laughs> so I, I do want to uh, kind of check in on our CVS receipts. I don't know if you guys heard the last show we did, but we did some predictions for the season based on uh, what we saw in Jamboree. So I'm going to put all of us on blast right now as to what we said as far as the Hunter's position. So I'll start with uh, I'll start with Daniel Packer. Daniel Packer said that the season would look like this. It'll be the pit bosses, the hunters, the insomniacs, and everyone else doesn't matter. Those are the only three teams that are going to have any life in this fall. I said it would be pit bosses, OTT, the hunters, the gold, insomniacs, and kryptonite. KC said, oh, sorry, Savion said pit bosses and OTT and the hunters were pretty much on the same level. And then it was the insomniacs and the gold. KC had pit bosses first, gold second, OTT third, and the hunters fourth, still making the playoffs. But your boy, the commissioner, Mr. Chris. Had the pit bosses, gold, OTT, and insomniacs, which meant the hunters would not be making the playoffs. Chris, you cashing in one of your CVS receipts, man. What's up? You know what? Anybody's big enough to admit when they're wrong. I I'm love big it. enough to admit when I'm wrong. I mean, we got to see them play, right? And from what I saw, I didn't know what the um, hunters' would makeup would be once they, you know, kind of disengaged from the gold to figure out exactly who's, what players are going where. So, you know, all of us, we could be wrong with, with our predictions, and I, I'll, I'll take that. I'll eat it. I have no problem with it. I'm glad that they, they proved me wrong. Chris, you're the best, dude. I love it when people can just own up and be like, yep, I said it. My bad. Y'all proved me wrong. I like you. <laughs> Hell yeah, get out there and do it some more because I really right. like what you guys did. And coach, I, like I told you before, when I was sitting on the sidelines and we were talking about it, and I have no problem saying it now because it's not like, you know, we could go back in time and they could change it. But I walked by you and I said, hey, that post is right there. What would you tell me as soon as I said that? I know it wasn't silence. You said something to me. <laughs> I don't know if we lost him or if he's on mute, but he looked at me and goes, watch what's coming next. And sure enough, the very next play was the post for the touchdown. So, I mean, look, you sit there and you see things. You see the way players play. You see the way teams come together. And I can say this from experience. You can take teams that, that have heart and – not a whole lot of talent, and they'll go out there and blow teams off the field. So I, I like to see it. I really do. Yeah. 
Good job, Chris. I, I like I like you giving him his flowers for sure. So, Casey, I, I want to ask you what what did you see about the Hunters that where you knew in your prediction that they would be a Final Four team for us? I mean, I think it was the drives during the Jamboree. At least it was the drives. Um, I guess Rashad was sick, and I wasn't quite aware of that. Um, but he set out. It seemed like the drives after that is where they really started to maybe come together a little bit. Um, I was just, I was kind of like Chris, I was interested to see where they were going to go after they disengaged from the gold and see what players were going to do what and who was actually going to be where. Um, now week one, I would say if anybody needs, I mean, if there's anybody the pit bosses need to watch out for, it's going to be the hunters this year. All right. Definitely a fact. So my thought was the Golden Hunters were the ones that won the Jamboree. And, of course, I was going to give the pit bosses their due, as I explained to you guys earlier, my reasons for that. It's, it's just clear to me that that's who they are. But what I saw out of the Gold and the Hunters and the way you guys came together as separate units and still performed well just by – plugging people in and were able to work together in that environment. I, I just fell in love with the fact that you guys could do that and have success. Most teams would not be able to compete after slapping people together the last minute. Obviously there's good coaching from both your side and Jeremiah. And I'm very excited to see both these teams develop under that leadership. That's, that's what I'm most excited about, which is why I had you guys one through three. So uh, I do want to touch uh, and touch in with you guys and uh, ask you what you think about this upcoming week. So, um, go ahead, coach. Um, no, we're gonna prepare every week like 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 we playing the best team in the league. We not we not getting big headed because we won a game or nobody getting big headed because they had a good game. We are not doing that. That's not that's that that's that's how you lose. Like I, I box right. Um, and I remember my dad, he was telling me one time uh, I, I just uh, came off of a fight and I was a super big headed. And the dude I was fighting was like, oh, and five or something. And he was like, don't, 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 don't do that. Don't, don't, don't ever, you know, just underestimate somebody. And I went out there and excuse me for my words, but he could whoop my ass. So I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking nobody light. I'm not, I don't care if you owe and owe and, a thousand. We gonna play you like if you were the best team in the league. We we just coming out there to play football and give you the best hunter football we can give you. Man, having that type of attitude and leadership at the quarterback position is an absolute gem, coach. You have to be in love with what you just heard. It, it, it's not just a gem. He's not just a quarterback. He's an athlete. He's not just a quarterback. I can use him anywhere that I need him. He's not just a quarterback. That's the whole thing about who he is. Just oh, like I, just I understand. Like That's everybody. not what I'm saying. But have, what I'm saying is having that leadership quality having, at the QB1 quality? position. Right. No, but I got it. He's just not just – I'm. what I'm saying is it's not just at the quarterback. He does it on the defense too. He's okay. a quarterback on my defense. He talks on the defense. He gets them to talk. He makes the adjustments. He'll come look at me. I'll look at him. There was three times I didn't have to say too much to him. I gave him a look. He knew what I needed done. So that type of athlete, 
that's not just a one one type of athlete. He's more. I, I gotta tell the story. I gotta tell the story. Bro, I was just—I think I was telling my mom or my or my girlfriend. It was like third and seventeen or something. I, I'm not sure exactly what it was, but it was like third or fourth and forever. And he looked at me and said, "Go get the first down." I just—I knew. I—I I just knew. Like after that, after he told me that, I just knew to look. He didn't even have to say nothing no more. Like. Just, just the look on his face just would tell me what I needed to do. I mean, I really appreciate his coaching. Like, man, I'm, I, I, I promise you. Like, growing up as a kid, I, I'm telling you, I, I don't, I don't think I was a coachable kid. Like, I just always felt like I was just the best and all this. So I really didn't get to, you know, get to play in high school and stuff like that. That's why, like, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Even uh, I got younger, younger siblings, and just to be able to just show them, you know, something positive, doing something every week. And I just want to shout out to A7FL for even giving me the opportunity, Coach Ray for giving me the opportunity. I want to tell you guys thank you for, you know, just giving me and my brothers the opportunity. Uh, we are really grateful, and uh, we're just going to keep doing what we got to do. That's what's I'm up. Gonna keep, I'm going to keep coaching you because I love it. See that? That's what we bring it. That's what we Man. bring. I, I'm telling you, I'm smiling ear to ear over here. And, and I will remind both of you that you are the best part of the A7FL. Don't get it twisted. We are up here making the moves and doing everything we need to to put you guys in the right position. But it means nothing without gentlemen like you involved with our league making us who we are. So thank you as well. So with, with, with that. Can I, can I just jump in here real quick and say something that I've been holding back? because of the background noise is uh, coach really, really, really respect what you said. Um, and listening to Kwame talk about you is uh, another level. And I'll tell you why as a coach, your team takes on your attitude mm -hmm. and as a leader is what most coaches strive to be, but to have a, uh, a player echo what you were, what you were talking about <clears throat> and his leadership tells me a lot about the, co the, the coach you are. So, I mean, when you, when you listen to somebody like you talk and, and players back that up, it tells me that you're not a coach. You're not just a coach, you're a leader. You're showing these young men how to play a game and they're picking it up and listening to you. So I give you props for that because that's one of the most difficult things to do. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just glad I got a squad that even with, you know, like I said, they're not the biggest guys. But they got the lion's heart. They got the lion's heart. And that right there, that's enough for me just to just to give everything I got. And like I told K1, dude, just listen. You know what I'm saying? Everything is not a rush. You know, one thing I don't do is play favoritism. I play the best, but I believe in rotation because the game is long. <laughs> the game is long. For sure. So, sure. you know what I mean? And to have your best players play that game constantly and get hit constantly. Nah, that's not going to, we can't, I can't do that. And plus I like them. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like, right. them. I don't want to see them out there like that all the time. They still got other lives to do, but if they're skilled enough to get to the next level, then let's do that. I'm there to coach you on that. I'm there to help you with that. Just like, I mean, I, I just got in a, another coach, a DB coach. His name is Daryl Austin. I've uh, been knowing him for a long time. He does DBs. He's done receivers. He knows uh, route trees. He's know how to get receivers open. He knows how to make DBs sit in, in areas. I'm trying to bring something that's going to 
uh, brighten the league and brighten the team because I can't teach something. If I'm not able to teach it all the time, I need somebody else to help me teach it, and he's going to help me teach it because the offense needs its uh, one person and defense needs its one person. And that's how I got to rock, and I'm hoping my team can rock with it. And we going ahead and, you know what I'm saying, meet the pit bosses in the championship. We so whatever you got going on, Coach, So no matter what's going on. So I'm going to bring up uh, our good friends on the uh, uh, the three-on-one podcast. Uh, there's some conversation that's been back and forth over there about coaching in this league versus not having coaches on teams. So what you guys may not know is the legacy of the A7FL is it was a player-driven league, and there wasn't anyone that was positioning themselves as coaches for these teams. It was guys that got together at first, put together their squads, and did it like most flag teams do, you know what I'm saying, but this brand of football. So, of course, that was 10 years ago now. Some of the dudes that started that were old when they started, and those guys are now, you know, still on the team, but basically player coaches. Or some guys who have been, you know, were young when they got to have ascended and been the heart and soul of the team and are now player coaches. But they don't do the coach and player mentality. And they think, as a result, that Vegas is, you know, three to four, maybe even five years, I heard them say, away from having an opportunity to really compete at the highest level of the A7FL. And I believe that that is through their own thought processes of what they went through, not having a coach and having to learn things on their own. And what we have argued is coaching compiled with above average and sometimes elite talent. Those three things together absolutely elevates Vegas faster and gets us to compete at this high level and potentially for a championship this year, maybe, but definitely by next year. That that's what I've been saying. I I'm interested after hearing that coaching conversation, coach, your take on on that commentary. Well, coach, the conversation of coach player, um, it's a, how can you focus if you're playing? How can you focus on your team when you're playing? You can't focus on the holes. You can't focus on your defense. You can't focus on offense. You can't even focus on yourself because you're focusing on the team and what it's doing. Uh, I don't like the idea of player coach because of the simple fact you're not able to make any changes on the fly. You're on the field. It makes that you can't do it. And then most player coaches put themselves in a position to be running the team or they're the quarterback. They got to be the one that's doing this and doing that on the field. They're not giving anything away because they're still too much of a player and not a coach. That's the, that's the only, that's the issue that I have with it. Coaches like myself, that coach, we're going to coach. We're going to teach. That's what we're, that's what coaching is. It's teaching. We're going to teach. We're going to, give you techniques. We're going to figure out what happened on this play. We're going to watch this play. Oh, we just seen that. We can fix that right now. But if a player coach is out there, he didn't see it. He doesn't know it's going to happen again. So those are the pros. And I've got to have some, I got to have some fun with this, but obviously those guys didn't watch um, Wildcats with Goldie Hawn to understand the difference <laughs> between when you coach somebody else and when you don't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And I'm gonna give these look. I'm gonna give these guys look, Coach. I, I, and I apologize. I I, I got to say this because Cody and I had a, a discussion, and 
he, he put me on blast a little bit. So I got to say this real quick. So I don't care what those guys back East want to do. Right. And they can say what they want, but I agree with you a thousand percent. When a coach sees stuff that's going on on the field, they can make the changes. When you're not seeing what's going on the field as a player, it makes it very difficult. Not to mention who's, who's wearing the pecking order. So it, it's, you know, people kind of look at you differently too. So when you're looking at these things, I agree a thousand percent with you. Yeah. It's just, it's not a good look. I'm sorry. It's not a good look because where's the accountability. He's not going to put it on himself. He's going to put it on the, on the team. A coach is going to put it on himself before he puts it on his team. A player coach is going to put it on his team before he puts it on himself. Well, I don't know that that's true in every case, but I, I certainly not understand your point. Right. Not every case, but I've seen it. I just seen it at the Jamboree. But it yeah. is what it is. Well, but and 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 to their point. So I, I believe on the surface, everything that you're saying is absolutely correct, especially when it comes to Las Vegas, right? Right. We do right. have two player coaches. They they both had really good weeks. So there's a lot to be said for for for, for that. But no, there's but no. Back, I, yeah, coach. I'm not I'm not taking that away from them. They no, had no, great no, no. Time. Yeah. No, but they, what I'm driving at though is back east. We have our league champions, the best teams in the A7FL, the guys right who have now. been doing it as player coaches all this time, and no one's even come close to knocking them off of that perch at, at, in, at, in history. So Not yet. Not, not yet. yet is exactly what we're saying, so yeah. we're, we're in agreement for that. But So I guess what I'm getting at is I believe we all agree that the quicker ascension to greatness requires coaching, coaching that you can yeah. get there as a player coach, but it takes – Yes. A long time because you have mm-hmm. to go through trial and error versus mm-hmm. actually seeing it and making adjustments on the fly. Make it adjust exactly. And, and here's what's going to be interesting. I think for me, I think um, going into this, as them guys back east start to see the way the fall season plays out and the way our style is played and the way the coaching does play into it, I think their sentiment on the coaching in the league not being the way it needs to be will change to a point and they'll start to kind of agree with, okay, maybe coaching is the way to go in some of the divisions. Maybe it's not in the West oh, the East oh, Coast divisions because really that's what they're used to. But out really here out West, that. it works. I don't really think that everybody needs um, a necessarily a coach. It's cool to have a coach because then you, you, you're able to, you know what I'm saying, get to see everything from a different angle but i feel like some 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 teams don't need it you know some teams just already been locked in and playing together and they all been partners and buddies and they can go out there and get it done without somebody coaching them and be on one page that's really what it's more so about it's not more so about like oh you need a coach to win it's more so about can everybody get on the same page whether i'm a player coach or not so if everybody if you can get everybody on the same page with a coach without a coach you you'll be okay but as far as not just not just saying that you won't be, you know what I'm saying, really good without a coach, I don't agree with that. Because if everybody on the same page, then everything gonna go as planned. You might not win every game, but you might win every game, but it's just all about everybody just locking in together and just becoming like one big of one big jail ball and just get chemistry and lock in. Right. Right. Yeah, I can see that. And I believe that teams like the U and the BIC back east 
have that and maybe even the rare breed and the gators right they've those teams all have well i guess rare breed doesn't have it yet but the gators have this legacy of guys that have been together for forever and the rare and the rare breed are a a team that's been as i understand a couple together of two legacy teams that are just are fantastic together they get the best guys from some of the best teams that used to be there and they're still trying to gel and work it out without a coach so Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it's it's fun to watch. I, I like talking about it. I like thinking about because it's you know it, you never know until one of these teams from Vegas actually goes against maybe another undefeated BIC or undefeated U in the championship in 2023 or maybe in 2024. I don't know. I cannot wait to see it, and the intrigue actually keeps me locked in. So, uh, coach, you guys got to get to practice, right? Too. Yeah, I got a question. I'm trying to find players right before, now. Before you guys leave, before you guys leave, wait, wait, wait. Before man. I leave, I got a question. Yes. Well, go ahead. I, 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 do y'all think I'm in that MVP race now? I, I say absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I think we'd All have right. to be fools to say no. <laughs> you better be fool to say no. <laughs> but um, I'm a, I'm gonna I want to spin this in a little bit different direction because I really want to get your guys' take on this. And I don't know if you guys saw it. I I wanted to record it. D in my my bad because I didn't. But at least you got the uh, the video of it. Uh, for everybody who didn't see Derek on Fox Five yesterday, uh, oh, yeah. I was talking about A7FL and the upcoming TV. Uh, you know, views that we're going to be people are going to be able to see what's going on at the A7FL. How do you guys truly feel about that? Because you don't know what kind of audience that might bring. You know what I'm saying? And and the people that might be watching. I'm loving the exposure. I'm loving the fact that it's getting, you know, bigger and it's it's more just being able to everybody just the different places of the world gonna be able to see it. Like I I was really happy to see him on there. I had to comment like, let's go. Like it's a it's a big accomplishment for our league, you know, because people don't really know about our league. But it's 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 just a great opportunity to get us out there more and get us seen more and just man, I'm really excited for it. To be honest with you, I'm really excited about this whole league. Me and they my go, brother, they go league. now. They go know now. That's what's up. Yeah, they go know. Yep. They definitely go know. <laughs> you were saying though, you and your brother. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't, yeah, I, me I, and my brother, we we definitely we definitely definitely excited. I uh, came to pick them up for practice right now though, but. Um, they thankful for the opportunity too. Like, man, shout out to my brothers for sure, Todd and uh, Booby. Shout out to my whole team, matter of fact, man. To A Seven NFL, bro. Like, man, I'm just, we just, every, everybody should be grateful for this opportunity because not everybody gets this opportunity. So, man, I, I just want to say shout out to everybody, man. Everybody keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, Kwame, you're definitely in the MVP conversation after Week One and after your performance in Jamboree, and. The, the and with this podcast like your performance on this show tonight has got you in the mvp conversation as well so thank you very much for your time tonight i appreciate y'all and, and i won't lie man why couldn't you be about i don't know 25 years older so that way i could have had a chance to play with you <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be great i love that with his speed and his arm hell yeah that would have been a blast he's Derek williams bro <laughs> oh bigger version this is a generational thing because, like, my dad he played quarterback. My brother they played quarterback. Like a lot of my a lot of my family, like my dad was playing semi-pro for Coach Mike at like forty. You sit out here, him. right? Yeah, out here he played for the Las Vegas Patriots. Then he played. Can you for drop the your dad's name, or is that not okay? Yeah, 
Yeah, his name is uh, Edward Southall. Uh, yeah, he played quarterback from a coach Mike for like since I was what I want to say. I, he first started playing when I was in the sixth grade. I don't think he stopped playing until I was like almost out of high school. I think I was probably like Ed 16. He played for a long time. But it's like, huh. so I got a lot of the mechanics and stuff, but I feel like it's, it, I feel like me personally, it's not. You always can get better. And that's why I was talking. I was talking to Corey Hamlin on Facebook uh, and I was just asking him like, what what did he feel like I needed to improve on? He was like, kind of like shocked that I asked that question, and I was like, because I just want to learn from everybody and learn. The more I learn, the better I can I'm gonna get. And, you know, the better I can make help myself, the better I can get my team going, and everybody can. You know, we can all get locked in together. So uh, we t- take fun, all the advice in the world from Corey Hammond on how to read a defense. Take none of the advice on mechanics. All right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Corey's, Corey's a great quarterback, but that delivery is awkward as hell for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to give my boy his flowers, though. He's, he's he's a baller and the toughest dude in all of the A7FL, if you ask me. So uh, yeah, I, got a, I got a bone to pick with him, but I'll, I'll do it once these guys are off. And we, okay. could, uh, right. we could talk a little bit about it. I'd like to have it recorded so that way he can hear what I'm saying. All right, guys, before you bounce, I need predictions. Who's who's going to win? I, I'm obviously going to pick yourself over the Insomniac, so we'll skip that one. Gold or Kryptonite in game two? Uh, I'll take the gold. And everybody's sleeping on OTT, bro. I, I, I think that's going to be a good game because when I went out there and, and had that little uh, – that little playground little game they had, bro. They 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 I, don't sleep on them, bro. Like they they the pit bosses. I I would hope that they wouldn't just think that they can just go out there and walk over them. Oh, okay, all right. So no, let, let's let's put it this way. So you you're saying pit bosses and OTT. You're still predicting the pit bosses to win. No, but you I'm think OTT is going to win to win because the game is going to be so close. I don't I don't want to say Ooh. anything. I don't know. Ooh, so just, not, too close to even be, give a prediction. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a toss up. Okay. What about what about you, Coach? The way the pit bosses will win is if they can score, and that's where I think the problems will be because OTT got good defense, but their offense is not that excellent. So if they can score, then they can win. But if they can't score, then I feel like the game's going to be a a, the score I'll predict is I'll say twelve to fourteen, something like that, because they got good defense, bro. Well, but the pit bosses haven't proven they can stop Savion on the return. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's going to be – I think they're going to adjust to that. I think that's going to be not a problem this game. Okay. That's going to be fun. And what do you got – what do you what do you say, Coach? Well, I'm in agreement with him about the OTT. I think that they might just knock them off um, because of Savion, because they don't – I mean, Savion is very crafty if they haven't learned already. But like you said, OTT's got a good defense. They got a really good defense. Um of course, uh, between the gold and the kryptonite, I'm. I don't know if the kryptonite is going to have enough guys. So, oh, they definitely really got enough. They play. definitely got enough guys now. They yeah, are good. I haven't really <laughs> seen them play, so I would have to say the gold the right now. Well, but, yeah, it's un- unfair to you guys. I guess I should tell you before your predictions. The yeah, uh, I- the division MVP, the RTC, Anthony Wilkerson, is going to play for the kryptonite this Sunday. <laughs> I'm already oh, taking Kryptonite. Right. Oh, damn. <laughs> Let's get it. Is that right? <laughs> okay. Make it competitive. <laughs> so, anyway, well, gentlemen, 
I, I want to say thank you to you both. I want to let you jump off and get to practice and not hold you. Uh, thank you for coming on with us, and thank you for your contributions to the league, and good luck to you both on Sunday. Thank, thank you. you. We, we appreciate you all for having us. Yes, we appreciate you. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to do what we do, and we're just going to make it shine out there. We're just going to make it look pretty. <laughs> I'm looking forward to see you in motion, bud. Have a good night. Alrighty. Can't wait to good see night. you, too. Yeah. Yeah, I got my, uh, what's the name? My, uh, what's that called? So, B, <clears throat> kind of go I'm back mute. to, uh... I'm muting him. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Going back to uh, my conversation with Corey, which was actually a lot of fun. So, he put me on blast because I was talking about playing in the uh, flag league compared to A7FL. And what I told him was this, and you can, you can, you know, go my direction and you can go Corey's direction. Oh, you know, I'm going your direction because people don't understand the type of flag we play. That's what I'm saying. I told Corey, I said, there's nobody in the flag league right now that would be able to play in the time. Well, very few people that'd be able to play in the time we play because of the way we hit, the way we played the game. It was basically eight man tackle, but we're just grabbing flags. So right. I tried to explain that to him, and I said, you know, Corey, you got to understand something, man. Quarterbacks got hit in our league. I, there was games that we had guys with broken arms, broken legs, a um, couple of guys that popped uh, tendons in, in, you know, knees, and some of it on contact. Um, broken jaws, all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, this was, <laughs> this was in my eyes you know, full contact flag. And if you remember playing in the, um, in the nationals, the, the refs would always get complaints about the Vegas teams. Oh, they're too physical. Right. All the time. So I wanted to put this on so Corey could hear it. I told him I was going to put him on blast and I'd tell him, you know, if you want to see some of the guys we used to play, play a uh, flag with, I'd be more than happy to introduce them to people like Greg Peoples. Well, that's, that, let me Greg let me just stop, let me just stop you with Greg Peoples because that I was going to introduce. So, we played a brand of football called full contact flag. Yep. And in full contact flag, everything between the actual snap and the tackling of the man was basically regular padded football, except for when you went to get a guy down, it was by pulling a flag. Everything else was legal. So the contact was from the snap, from the DN to the O-line, and the, con- the contact filling, up, filling a hole or blocking somebody so you, can, so you can make a hole was just like the A7FL or regular padded football. And to the point, I broke down in the hole against Greg Peoples and took a chi- uh, forehead to the chin and was paralyzed from the waist down for two weeks. That type of contact. So... <laughs> When people talk about flag not being what the A7 is, I get it. I agree. It definitely is not that. The people who play A7 are far more talented and it's way more intense than what we did. But we did not do the flag that you're thinking. We were one screw loose of playing A7FL as well. (laughs) You know what? I think if A7FL was around, we'd all probably have been playing that instead of flag. Oh, I, I absolutely would. You know, I definitely. It's funny would you guys. It's funny oh, yeah. you guys go that route because a few weeks ago, when I was on the three-on-one podcast, we kind of got you know as we were having our meeting, we kind of went into the three-on-one as well. 
and I was on that podcast and I told Corey, I said, nobody has seen the style of ball we play out here in Nevada. I don't believe anybody is, is ready for what we can bring once we get it together. And he said, well, what would you say if I told you there's a team that already did that in the Pennsylvania Immortals? They played flag and they went and played in the national tournaments and they won national tournaments. And then they came into the A7FL and they weren't shit. Yeah, but didn't the Immortals end up winning a championship in A7? Like I thought so. A few years ago? Look, and, and I look, thought so. There's so obviously a big difference it, between flag and A7FL. Something like that. Yeah. Right. They were right. Derek, think about this. Would you want to go up against No Limit in the A7FL? I'm, I mean, yeah, they're the best. They were the best. Of course, I want to go up against them. No, but what I'm but, saying is, would you would you just sit there and say, "Oh, this is a this is a flag team. It's not that big of a deal." Well, so what I, so to your point, if No Limit was a a seven team, and the guys that were across the ball saw No Limit line up, they were like, "Oh, this is a flag team." No, they'd look like a professional a seven NFL football team. To the core. I mean, that's what our league was. I mean, I just across the line, every single dude out there was an absolute baller. And then they had the best player coach around in Gunner. So they were the real deal. So we give we're giving those dudes enough of their flowers, man. <laughs> hey, the year the year we beat them was probably the best year of my life. So it was open up on us for so long. Yeah, I wish I was still playing with you when that happened. I was so jealous. <laughs> You know, it's funny, too, because Gunner and I were having that conversation before the game. We're sitting yep. there talking about it. And I said, you know, I haven't beat you guys in, like, eight years. And he goes, wouldn't it be funny if today was a day? And then after the game, you know, we're all we're all talking and stuff. Gunner comes up to me and he goes, man, I just knew something different was going to happen today. I just didn't think it was this. Yeah, right. And I said, well, you know, stuff happens. But, I mean, you know, we – I look at it like this. You were handing out pancakes. There's literally a um, – I don't know if you were still playing when, we were, when they were doing that in the um, – online in the chat room. We were talking about handing out pancakes. And guys were literally keeping count of people that got pancake playing. Right. Yeah, no, I know. So, I, I mean, wasn't in the chats, but I heard about it. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's – look, it is what it is. And I'll tell you right now, if I was 20 years younger and still playing, I'd be playing A7FL, period. <laughs> And th- and honestly, that we would have morphed into what this is, and I'm I'm sorry that we didn't get the opportunity, but luckily we have the opportunity to be involved the way we are now and see these guys putting themselves in the line the same the same way we did, and and have a respect for it, not just you know trying to be guys that are running something. So, exactly. So so with that, I, yeah. So with that, I want to move on to uh, talk about these games next week. We gave the uh, the uh, players and coaches an opportunity, but I wanted to get the take of our guys. And Chris, if you wouldn't mind muting your background for a minute. Yep, you got it. So uh, game one, we have the Hunters with obviously Kwame Southall and Coach Ray Jones that were just on the show. And the Insomniacs who... uh, I'm still here too, I'm still here. Oh, okay, right on. Uh, Who uh, went down 13 to 57 after the pit bosses decided to just call the mercy rule at the end of the game. Uh, obviously the Insomniacs have had a lot of work to do going against the pit bosses that day. Do we feel uh, as a group, do they have, a, will they show up this week and give the hunters a run for their money? Or is it going to be a lot of the same of what we saw last week? Um, 
I'll start with that one because I've talked to both coaches and um, it's going to be interesting. I believe that the Insomniacs now have it figured out at quarterback. I believe they're pretty solid on who their quarterback's going to be. Uh, the guy we saw last week or this last weekend with Iriarte, I believe he's going to be at the helm. I don't have a question in my mind about that. I think they would be um, putting themselves in a bad spot and going backwards if they did not put him at quarterback because he showed he has the talent if he can just get the ins and outs of the games down. And that in itself will elevate that team. I believe it's going to be a close game, but I believe the Hunters will still pull it out. I say uh, 20 to 18. Okay. Chris, what do you got? Uh, I've been thinking about this one, um, mainly because watching the Insomniacs last week was, uh, it wasn't brutal or nothing, but I can see that they were trying to get their stuff together. So I think in reality, I'm still going to have to go with the Hunters. I don't know if a week is enough for them, for the Insomniacs to really get their stuff together. And I see the Hunters just starting to pull it together. And I think that they're going to uh, continue to show what they're made of. So my, I, I would score prediction right now, I would say it's going to be 24 to 10. Okay. So I have a, I have a if then prediction. I don't think the Insomniacs are going to be able to match the Hunters' intensity. And that is my primary concern. What I saw out of the Insomniacs on the offensive line was decent, but on the defensive line, there was a lackluster rush. And very what seemed like they were dropping into a zone or just not understanding what their, their assignment was on, on the defense. And from what I saw of the Hunters, and this is my if, if they decide to take it to these dudes, then it's going to be a long day for the Insomniacs. So if the Hunters decide to play down to the Insomniacs and not work the aggression and rush the quarterback and blow, and blow those guys off the line and then on, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, sit back in the pocket and pick these dudes apart all day because they're not rushing the quarterback at all, then the Insomniacs will not have a chance. That, that's what I see. The only thing that will stop the Insomniacs from getting worked on Sunday is if the Hunters decide to take it easy. And that's unfortunate because I really like their guys and I love Coach Q and Coach John and what they're doing over there. And I just I hope that they've had a week of practice and they saw what I saw and then put, told the guys about that and corrected that because if that gets corrected, They've got some good talent over there. Uh, Iriarte is a fabulous quarterback. I watched him go through his progressions and hit the third receiver on two or three plays and with and dropping dimes too. But then there were some op some times where he left the ball short and sometimes where the throws were off the money. And I don't know if it just wasn't focused or or what the situation was, but I saw some glimpses of greatness. And so if the coaching staff can get those boys turned around and get their aggression level up to match what the hunters can bring. We could have an amazing game. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. I think it's going to be a good game. I ain't going to doubt. I'm not going to say 
I ain't going to take nothing from them because when I was watching that quarterback, he is really nice. He is nice. I think he's going to – I think we just got to play our game. That's what that is. Got to come out there. We got to play the best we can. And we, can't, we can't take nothing easy. We can't let up and be joking around thinking that just because they didn't have a good week. If we come out there like that, bro, we're going to have a, a fight. And it's not – if we come out there and play like we're supposed to, and I feel like it, and, and nothing's gonna be easy. But I feel like we'll have an easier day as far as doing our jobs. Right on. All right, so game two, uh, we got the gold versus the kryptonite with the announcement I made earlier oh. this evening. The RTC Anthony Wilkerson will be joining the kryptonite, and what I didn't say is probably one of the best players I know in Las Vegas. Also, uh, Eric Shufford, Munchie, will also be joining the kryptonite. So, literally, our, our MVP and a guy that I put on par with Trey Robinson as far as his ball skills and speed and football, football IQ are both joining the kryptonite. I oh man! Unfortunately, this will be the Gold's third time playing together. So I don't know that the Kryptonite, having limited practice or no practice, are going to get by on talent alone, except for the fact that uh, a few of these guys play flag together. So they might be able to gel faster than a team of you know just twelve talented guys slapped on a roster all at once. So with that, I'm going to predict that the the kryptonite win 20 to 18. 20 to 18. Wow. Okay. Man, I was going to say, with the announcement alone of RTC joining the kryptonite, I almost from seeing what I saw from RTC in the spring, I would almost say hand that man the ball and make that defense prove they can stop you because there wasn't very many people on defense that could stop that man in the spring. Um, and with that, I would say I, I totally agree with your sentiment of uh, the kryptonite pulling it out. I don't see maybe it being as high of a scoring game. Um because, of course, the Kryptonite, this will be their first game. They've actually played fully together as a group. And the Gold have, you know, three games already. But I could see that being like a 12-6 to six matchup with the Kryptonite coming out on top. All right. That's two for Kryptonite, Chris. Oh, well, you guys are going to hate me. It's short and sweet. 18-14 Hunters. I mean, Gold. All right. I, I don't hate sweet. that. I don't hate that it's short and sweet. I I feel bad for saying a team that has yet to step on an A7 field and compete is going to beat a team that's got a game and a jamboree under their belt. So I, I, I thought I was taking a long shot, and then Casey <laughs> doubled down on it. So here we go. I guess uh, with a name like Kryptonite, when you're playing the gold, <laughs> you can be their Kryptonite. Well, yep. and I, I guess I guess I might be uh, eating a slice of humble pie next Wednesday again. But you know what? Until I can see them out on the field together, 
makes it very hard for me to sit there and say a team that's played in two games versus a team that has played in zero games is going to, you know, the team that's played zero is going to come out and beat them. Right. All right. And then the last game, the a very intriguing matchup, two, three, four uh, MVP candidates in, in this game. Uh, your preseason favorite from all sides, the pit bosses, and your preseason number two or three on everyone's list, OTT, with the uh, rookie of the year candidate standout, Savion Cunningham, doing the returns, who happened to have returned two kicks against the pit bosses <laughs> in the Jamboree. So, oh, wow. So. <laughs> you can't get more intriguing than this. The team that by all accounts and from all analysts who have stepped on all of our podcasts, the hands down best team in the fall and guys on the other side, guys on the 301 podcast saying the best team in the West, that they look better than the force and they have no idea how the force ever beat the pit bosses was what was on the last podcast going up against a team that is, has been their kryptonite in Savion Cunningham. Okay. Well, I talked, I talked to Bartley um, briefly after last weekend's game and we brought up, he brought up the fact, actually, I didn't even bring it up to him. He brought it up to me. The fact that the next game is against OTT and Savion Cunningham. And I said, you know, that's interesting. How do you feel about that? Seeing that that's the guy that returned twice on you in the Jamboree. And he said, look, those two, they were one-offs. It ain't happening this next game. He will not get a return on us. Our guys will lock him down. We're coming out. We're going to play lockdown ball. Um, with that being said, I think this is going to be a close game. I don't see it being a 57-13 thrashing like it was last weekend where the pit bosses thrashed on the Insomniacs. But I do see the pit bosses scoring 35 points. And I can see OTT 2021. Um, I think it's a 14-point victory still for the pit bosses. I think OTT comes up just a little bit short. Um, they're going to have to rely on Savion too much. And once Bartley and the way he coaches and his style of coaching, once he notices that that's really who they're going to have to use, he's going to lock him down and then they're not going to be able to do anything. All right. So I, thank you. I, I appreciate the prediction, but I just have something I want to throw out there. Not that this would ever happen, but let's just – pretend that what happened before is going to continue to happen because that's the way the world actually works. What happens if the pit bosses go down and score on the very first drive, throw off Savion scores. Pit bosses go down, score again, throw off Savion scores. Pit bosses score, Savion scores. Pit bosses score, Savion scores. <laughs> what if the entire game, OTT's defense and offense never takes the field I mean, the OVC's offense never takes the field, and the pit boss's defense never takes the field. Well, that could actually happen tomorrow. I mean, this Sunday. I, I, obviously, it, it won't. It could. <laughs> obviously, it, it won't, but how crazy would that be? It would be crazy to see it, and it would be fun to see, and it'll be, it would be fun to call. 
Oh but my goodness. The way Bartley has talked anytime I bring that up, he's like, Look, it's not happening again. I don't care who the team is, I don't care who the guy is, it's not happening again. Like that okay. was a one off Jamboree mistake. My guy's gonna laugh. Can I laugh a little bit about that for, for only one reason? Yeah. He said it was a one-off and it happened twice. Right. <laughs> so I got to right. giggle just a little bit about that. Right. Well, but look, I mean, if – I mean, and the pit bosses should take notice that the one thing that OTT has above them and can beat them at that we know is Savion Cunningham on the return. So are you going to put out – guys that are your lead defenders that play D-line, or are you going to put out your best corner and your best safety so that you've got somebody that can actually make Savion change directions and have somebody that can actually bring him down to the ground and not just throw out the three guys that say they want to do it and actually practice the return. Put somebody like Curtis Pac-Man Jones back there. Put someone like Trey Robinson back there and have more guys who are trying to track a dude like Savion and actually practice that play. All three phases, as they say. Everybody talks about it, but clearly it had not been practiced before Jamboree. You named you named two of my three guys I'd put back there if I was them going this time. It would be Trey Robinson, Curtis Pac-Man Jones, and D-Pac. See, and D-Pac will tell you he shouldn't be out there. D-Pac's... Uh, uh, between the lines, you know, move quickly laterally and and put his nose in and, and be tough and get to the quarterback type guy and cover cover the middle of the field. I, he doesn't say that he's a burner. <clears throat> now he's a great tackler. So if he's at if he's got the contain and he's going to tackle on the contain, yeah. But I think somebody like Anthony Smith is probably more geared up for it. He's an absolute burner. He plays tailback too. I mean, and he's an amazing tackler. I think those three dudes, if they, if you want to use someone like yeah. Trey on a return coverage, I don't know that that's the best move, putting your QB1 out there. But Pac-Man Jones and Anthony Smith and then one other burner, that, that would be – I think that would be the move. Yeah, I agree with that. So, Chris, what do you got uh, prediction-wise for game three? It's going to be a tough one for me only because <clears throat> I think that OTT could give um, – the pit bosses a run if they can get their quarterback on the same page with their wide receivers. So, and I've been listening to what you guys say about, about Savion. I'm up in the air on, on whether or not they can keep pace with them scoring wise. So I think what I'm going to say in this one, knowing that OTT does have a decent defense, I don't think it's going to be the, the blowout that um, a lot of people might expect. I think OTT is going to give them a run for their money. And I would say pit bosses, by six. All right. So I think all the things you guys said, but I think that that will be how the first half goes. I think it will be very competitive. And at halftime, adjustments will be made and the pit bosses will get their ass chewed and get locked in and end up holding OTT out of the end zone for the second half or maybe one more score the second half. And I still think it'll be a bit of a high scoring affair. So I'm going to say uh, 34, 20 pit bosses. You know, that's an interesting score and an interesting take when you said about making adjustments. I think that, um, we also got to think about this a little bit too. 
to understand <clears throat> about adjustments from um, the other side of the ball too. I think OTT has enough defensively to make some adjustments to uh, give the pit bosses a little bit of fits as well. So it, it's going to be an interesting game all the way around, no doubt about it in my mind. I think it's going to be one of those games that we're glad that we have uh, a recording of because we're going to want to go back and watch it again. For sure. And I think the best thing that will happen to the pit bosses is Anthony Bartley hearing this podcast tomorrow and then using us not saying the pit pit bosses are going to blow out OTT as bulletin board material to get his boys fired up. So you're welcome, coach. I got you. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't think he needs a uh, bulletin board material to get his boys fired up. I think that, uh, I, seriously, I think that they, they came into this thing knowing that they wanted to be um, the first place team. They wanted to go undefeated. They wanted to win the championship and they want to really give the force a run for their money come next season. And I think that that's truly their motivation. I think all this other stuff that we're talking about right now is background loss. I would agree with that, but I will also say if they're overlooking OTT and this this week, it will get real dangerous. So I don't think you're saying that, but if their focus no. is only on the force and not on their opponent, it, it's, it's going to get ugly. But at the same time, it's the fall, right? The, yes, there's prize money at the end, and you can just work out your own stuff through the four, the five regular season weeks and then – make sure that you got enough wins to make it into the final four and make the playoff. And then, you know, actually take out your good stuff and, and use it to its fullest, you know, for those two games. And I mean, this, this season is meant to be a sharpening of your talent more so than it is a competitive season. But for some of these guys, winning is everything. You definitely don't want to get, get losing in your blood. Look, I'll, I'll just say it like this. I don't think there's a trap game for pit bosses. And I'll tell you why I don't think so. I think that if there was going to be one, it would have been in that first game, you know, dedicated to Donnie. I think that um, they were looking at that game of, of if you call taking it easy on um, the Insomniacs being a 57-point uh, outpour, um, and that's taking it easy. I, I just – I don't see them having a, uh, a trap game. I don't see them having a letdown. I think that they're going to bring it each and every week. And I think that if, you know, these guys were playing with, with helmets, I'd tell them, I'll tell whoever they're playing, you better you better strap it up tight today because they're going to knock that hat off if not. So I, I would say be ready, but I, I really do think OTT is a young enough talent. They don't know what they have. And I think that once they start to figure it out, other teams better watch out because I think they might be the number two squad quicker than we know. As much love as I want to give the Hunters and Gold, and other teams in Kryptonite we haven't seen yet. I just got to say, you know, OTT's got some some talent that they're playing with. And if they ever figure that out, put it together, it's going to be ugly. I think I think we all share that sentiment. And I, I'm very, very excited to see what Sunday's going to look like. The, the matchup has the most amount of intrigue as far as the matchup is concerned that I think you could have with our six teams right now, based on what we've seen so far. So I'm excited. And uh, Casey, unless you wanted to add something else, I was going to start saying it's time to go have dinner. No, I, I think we had a good show. And I'm excited to see what week two of the season brings to us. 
I think we've got a lot of good matchups on the table. Uh, this is definitely the week that people need to tune in and hone in because uh, it's going to get exciting from here on out. Well, I appreciate you gentlemen as always. Thank you so much for a very good night. I appreciate our guest Kwame Southall and coach Ray Jones of the hunters coming on and spending some time with us tonight and giving us their great takes bunch of a couple of really great men glad to have them involved with our organization and our and our city so uh i'll say no pads no problem and casey take us out buddy all right well for me i am casey cox he is Derek duncan and the commissioner chris vera until next time we will see you on the other side of the ball All right, gentlemen, thank you very much. Great night. It was a lot of fun, as always. Of course, man. I can't wait for uh, Sunday. By the way, um, just some housekeeping. What time are they setting? It's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right. You can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts. And also, we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon. A Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt, hoodie, and a whole lot more. You can get all of them right now, sent to you nice, comfy, and cozy at tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. And also, you can find it in the show notes. Now back to that podcast you like.